0: With, uh, without my glasses, so yeah, I read better when I uh, put my glasses on. Well, good morning, everybody. This is the day the Lord has made, we can rejoice and be glad in it. God does all things well. If you have your Bibles, uh, paper or electronic, would you turn to Psalm 46, Psalm 46. And I just want to say it's just a, an honor to bring the Word of God to you this morning. I believe the Lord's put some things in my heart that will be an encouragement to you. We've got a lot to go through, a lot to, a lot to talk about, about the goodness of God. We can trust in him at all times and uh, we can know that he is going to lead and, and bless this church continually because that's what the Lord's will is for all of us. So let's look at Psalm 46. We're going to read the entire Psalm verses 1 through 11. <clears throat> and um, this is a Psalm of the sons of Korah. Not one of the Psalms of David, and the Psalms were originally songs that people sang, and uh, we don't know what the music is. It talks uh, about uh, Alamoth, the uh, song according sung according to the Alamoth. That's a, a Hebrew term that uh, uh, is not known. But let's look at verse one here, and uh, let's read through this together. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the earth the Lord Almighty is with us the God of Jacob is our fortress Selah. let's pray father we thank you god for your word we thank you that your word is exactly what we need every day god as we need physical food we need the spiritual food we thank you lord that man cannot live by bread alone but you have shown us that we need every word that comes out of the of the mouth of god We need, God, the nourishment that you want for us this morning, and I just pray, God, that this will be a place of your presence, that you'll speak to every person that's here from youngest to oldest, and God, that you will just have your way in all of our hearts and that all your purpose and plans for our lives can be fulfilled. Lord, anoint my lips of clay, help me to speak, I ask in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning, titled this morning's message, I always give them titles our true refuge, our true refuge. In this passage, we see a great message of encouragement and hope and to those who love the Lord, to those who are followers of Christ. And um, the psalmist through the Holy Spirit provides a wonderful statement of faith and confidence that will help us in times of instability and insecurities. How many think the world is a little bit unstable right now? We need, we need the Lord, and we see this more than ever. You and I live in a world full of insecurities, a world where many people are living in constant fear and anxiety. And uh, we carry within ourselves fears of the past, we carry fears in the present, and we carry fears about the future, the unknown future. There's been a major shift in our nation and world since the beginning of 2020. Have you noticed this? Have you noticed there's been things that have just been changing Things that we that we do not uh, cannot control. People have fears because of things they cannot control. How many have complete control of everything in your life? Period. Raise your hand. You got you got it all together all the time. Goes your way all the time. All right. I don't see a hand up. I just put mine up as an example of what you should do if you did. All right. Um, fears about sickness abound today. Fears about pain uh, or injury to ourselves. Uh, fears about money, fears will I have enough money to pay for the food I need? There are people going through that, for myself, for my family, for my mortgage. Uh, fears about COVID and everything that surrounds that. Fears about employment, people losing jobs. Fears about crop failure. Those who are farmers, they 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 work through those types of things too. Uh, fears of loss. Will I lose my home? Uh, my husband. Will I lose my wife? Will I lose children? Will I lose my possessions that I've worked so very hard my whole life for? Well, fears of dangers, fears of losing a friend. Well, because each and every one of us, we have fears that we cannot control. There are things that in our lives that is that cannot control, but we can control fears. So when we find ourselves in a place where we can't control everything, we're tempted to fear. We're tempted to look and say, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because each of us, lack the knowledge of knowing exactly what will happen in the future, we can be tempted to fear. Those who don't know Jesus Christ uh, as their Lord and Savior have hearts that can be full of fear. And as Jesus followers, we can know that too. We can, we can allow fear and anxiety and insecurities to just take over our hearts if we're not careful. But God wants something better than that for His people, amen? He wants something better for you and God's promises, and all that he says in his word, we can look to. Uh, For the people of God, we have the help of God. We have the help of heaven. We have all of God's provisions and all of his promises and available to us in Christ. You know, I can say this with all confidence. The Lord has never let Joe Meyer down. He has never let me down. He has always been good. He has always provided He's always been faithful. He's always been there because that's who He is. And He's that way for you as well. In God's Word, there's one phrase that's spoken to man more than any other in the Bible. And guess what that is? Guess what that is? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. More than anything else in Scripture, God tells us not to be afraid. We're to put all of our trust in Him. Not part of it, but all of our trust in Him. I noticed that all you folks look kind of relaxed sitting in your chair. Uh, you're not worrying about that chair falling down, are you? Or collapsing underneath you. You know, you're putting all your trust, all the weight of your body on that chair. When we, when we trust the Lord, He's asking us to put all the weight of the need, of the burden, of the anxiety, of the fear on Him. He wants you to rest in Him and put everything upon Him. And that's what trust really means, that you're putting the weight of everything that you are facing on the Lord Himself. And you know what? He has shoulders big enough to carry it, doesn't He? Amen. Amen. Well, God has a message for you who love the Lord. He says, do not be afraid and trust in Me. No matter what happens in the days ahead, you will do well. If you put your confidence, if you put your trust in the Lord at all times. It says in Psalm 34, verse 1 through 4, I'll quote it to you from the King James. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And my soul, it will make or boast in you, Lord. And those who love God, the humble, will hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. For I sought the Lord, and guess what? He heard me, and He delivered me from every one of my fears. See, that's what God wants to do for all of us. He wants to deliver you from your fears. And God is the one that can do what, uh, what no man can do. So let's look together at the wisdom and the counsel of God's Word this morning. In verse 1 of Psalm 46, we're kind of walking through this uh, verse by verse. Uh, here is the real fact, folks. It's this. God is our refuge. People of God, He is our refuge, all right? And He is the one. God is always enough, and He's always more than enough for everything that we face and deal with in life. So, what exactly are you taking refuge in this morning? What have you been taking refuge in these past weeks, or in these past couple of years? God forbid if something terrible should happen to you today, but what is it, What? that you would would take refuge in to whom to what do you run to when something just falls apart Uh, to whom do you turn to what do you do when you're faced with a crisis that comes out of absolutely nowhere and you have no way to figure it out and you're just saying what do i do you know it's normal for us to all have thoughts like this it's like well you ever do this i've done this oh if this happened to me well then i'm gonna do thus and so um you just fill in the blank. Uh, then I'll plan to do this, or I'll go and I'll do that. If something this happens and, and this, everything falls apart, that's what I'm going to do. Well, it's wise for us to make plans. It really is. Uh, Proverbs talks about being prudent, thinking ahead of the time, thinking ahead and planning ahead. But those plans are not wise if God's not in the center of those plans. See, safety and security should only come from the Lord because only He is our true refuge. What is a refuge? Let's talk about that. What does it mean to make God our refuge? A refuge is a place of shelter, a place of hope, and a place of trust. That's what a refuge is. In the Old Testament times, when people were under attack from the enemy, um, they they would flee to a place of safety and security they would go to like a tower. There would be a, a high tower that, uh, like in the uh, the example of Shechem, the people fled in the city to a tower, and they would get into that thing, and then they would just bar bar the door, and they would go to this high tower, and the enemy was below, and they couldn't get to all the people in this tower. And that is something that they would do, all right? In 2 Samuel chapter 22, we, we find David... Uh, song, King David, but he's not king at this time, but a song of praise, and, um, which he sang to the Lord after the Lord delivered him from the hands of King Saul and his enemies. He was in a position of danger because he was anointed king, and Saul didn't want him to be king. Just to kind of do a quick synopsis here. And he was threatened by David, and he went to try to kill uh, young David and prevent him. But God delivered David again and again and again. He'd be fleeing Saul in the, de- uh, in the desert. He'd be hiding in caves. He was outnumbered time and time again. And the Lord would just put his hedge upon him. And after the deliverance, we see uh, one such deliverance. He, he says in 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 2 and 3, he says this. He says, he's singing this. He said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress my deliverer. He's owning what he's saying. The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. My God is my rock. It's what he says. In him, I take refuge. He's my shield, and he's the horn of my salvation. The horn symbolizes the, the, the horn of a ram that they would use to, to uh, buck another animal or enemy or an adversary and for defense. He's my horn. He's my stronghold. It's like that tower there. He's my refuge. He's my savior. From violent men, you will save me. That's a statement of faith. He's done it before, and God will do it again because he is my refuge, and he's going to take care of me. David had personally experienced God as his refuge, his shield. He was like a strong, a stronghold, a strong tower. You, you go to Europe. I've been to Europe, and I haven't seen these. Oh yeah, I've been to Scotland, and uh, You you, you go to these castles, and they're built up high, impregnable, supposed to be impregnable. And they're there at a high place, and people would flee there for protection. See, God is uh, our strong tower, a high tower, a place like one where nobody can gain entrance. But where these earthly places of refuge, they have their limitations. We can all read stories where castles were were brought in, uh, the enemy got in. But God is the perfect strong tower. He's the perfect refuge. He's the perfect one that we can rest with. He is a high tower, a perfect, unimpenetrable fortress. Psalm 91, the psalmist writes, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest. I want you to get that. He will rest. She will rest. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest. Under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Will you say that this morning? My God is the one in whom I will trust. That is the one that we put our trust in. When we make God our dwelling, when we make His presence, and I hope you're, you are seeking the Lord on a daily basis. Oh, what a, what, what a shame if we do not do that because we are cheating ourselves of His presence. And God is there to minister to you and to give you the strength and to give you the counsel that you need every day, free, if you will take that time. God is there. Make him your dwelling. Hide in his presence. Draw near to him. Dwell in his word. The fuller our peace will be, and the greater our deliverance will be in times of danger. You know, real peace and stability come from spending time with the Lord. That's where it comes. That's that's where it is. He he is. He's our rock. Uh, Psalm nine and verse nine. I don't know if it'll be up there or not, but let me read it to you. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. A stronghold in times of trouble. Verse ten says, "Those who know your name, those who know the Lord, know the Lord, trust in and trust in you for you, Lord." have never forsaken those who seek you. See, if you put God first, seek Him, his kingdom first and his righteousness, Jesus said, all these things that, that the unbeliever runs after, food, shelter, clothing, all these things will be added unto you. If you put the Lord first in your life, first in your day, first in your thoughts, first in your decisions, God wants to be first in everything. See, Psalm 32 verse 7 says this, You, Lord, are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. God is that way. He will do that. Proverbs 14, verse 26 says, He who fears the Lord, that means respects what he says, obeys what he says because they respect God and give him the reverence uh, and gives him the authority in life, Uh, we give the Lord the authority in our lives, has a secure fortress. He who fears the Lord, who respects in him, and trust in him, has a secure fortress, and for his children it will be a refuge. When God, who is the true refuge, becomes your reference, refuge, the trouble is still present, but you are safe in him. It doesn't mean troubles are not there. It doesn't mean that you don't treat it like the white elephant in the room. It's there. But see, the Lord is there with you. Paul says in Romans nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. In this world, there are those who, who will place their trust in a false refuge, in false confidences, in false gods, in false philosophies and ideas of the age. In fact, there are those, some today, they put their, their money as their refuge. It's not bad to have money. It's not bad to be rich. It's it's what possesses you. God wants you. Uh, he wants your heart. He wants you and all of you and no less of you. He wants to be the Lord of your life, and he wants that. But some people say, well, if I get into a bad Uh, situation I'll just use my money that's what I put put my trust in that in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10 through 12 it says this it compares the godly person who trusts in God with the ungodly person who trusts in money verse 10 says this the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous run to it and are safe and here's the comparison verse 11 the wealth of the rich is their fortified city they imagine it an unscalable wall they imagine an unscalable wall. This passage points out the fact that there are ungodly, wealthy people who use their money as power. They can use it to bribe, bribe people. They could use it to protect themselves. They can use it to manipulate and achieve their selfish goals. In fact, they're, But if they are in trouble, they say, well, I will use it, and I'll get it out with my money. If I'm in this situation, I'll just, I'll just write a check. I'll just cash, you know, use my credit, whatever it would be, and they will not turn to God, but rather to their wealth. But they are deceived, and they imagine that their wealth is an unscalable wall. Some take refuge in their own wisdom. If we are in trouble, they use manipulation. They use cleverness in their mind. They think, well, God's given me a brain. I'm gonna, I don't need God, but I'm going to use my brain that God's given me. I've had people say this to me, and I, this, I'll work this thing out. I'll work it out. Some take refuge in alcohol. They drown themselves in, in drink. And they get drunk because they want to numb themselves. I was counseling a man several years ago. And he said, Pastor Joe, he says, I got I to gotta make a choice between the bottle and my wife and family. And it's hard to do. Because he would go out to his garage after work and he would just drink himself numb because he couldn't face his problems. See, God wants us to put our trust in him and face our problems with him. Some put their refuge in, in alcohol, some in drugs. Some take refuge in witchcraft, in false religions, and those who, uh, to deal with their problems in, in life. Some put their hopes in horoscopes and tarot cards and all these other things. Their refuge in charms. Some take refuge in people, because, but people are not always there to help you. Have you ever found that? You could be in a crowded world and all alone. You know, we were in Africa and um, ministering in South Sudan, and I'm out in a village called, Lynn and I are out in a village called Ponyame. We're doing a, a project for Book of Hope. And uh, we're showing the, this movie, Jesus movie to the animated version to children. And we're going from public school to public school. And I'm, I'm not lying before the Lord, 70, 80% of the kids would all raise their hand except Jesus Christ. Every time we showed it, day after day, we had more days than we could show the film. And people were accepting the Lord. And while giving an altar call one day, at a school, I had Pastor Moses Lesuba with me, next to me. And uh, all of a sudden, this, this sharp pain came up on my body. And I said, Moses, I said, I got I to go. So I go into Land Cruiser. And folks, I thought I was going to die. I'm laying there, and I don't know what's going to happen. I'm 12, year, 12 hours away from the nearest hospital, which would be uh, uh, in, in, uh, uh, in Uganda, in Kampala. And there's no doctors around. Uh, and everything. And I'm laying in the the land cruiser, and I think I'm going to die. And I'm laying there, and you know what? I still had a refuge. I had a refuge. I laid there, and I said, Lord, I have no regrets for being in Africa. If you want to take me right now, that's okay. It's all right. I found out later I had a seven, uh, seven millimeter kidney stone. And, um, so I'm going through the drive. he's. My wife's dragging me, driving me in the Land Cruiser. Get us back to the base. We get back to the base, and, and uh, the attack goes away, and I figure I've got a kidney stone. You know what? The Lord was so gracious. He allowed us to stay in Sudan uh, all the time that we were prescribed to be there. We only had to leave two days early. Isn't that great? We stayed there months later. You know what? Even, even in that situation, I didn't know what it was. I had a refuge I still had a refuge. I didn't have the answer to my problem. I had feelings about it, but I didn't know. I didn't know. The one and only true God is the true refuge for mankind. We cannot even look to nations. We cannot look to the rulers of nations in which we live, uh, in which we live to be our true refuge. We can only look to God. Psalm 33, verse 16 through 22 says this. says this, No king is saved by the size of his army, No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope of deliverance. These were the modern uh, military uh, devices they used back then. Despite all its great strength, speaking of a horse, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, who love him, okay? On those whose hope is in his unfailing love. To deliver him from death and to keep them alive in famine. We wait for hope in the Lord, it says in verse 20. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. So may God's people put all their confidence in God who's our refuge. Point number two, he's not only our refuge, but he's our strength. How strong is God? How big is your God this morning? How big is God? The one and only truly God. How much power and strength does he have? Is God ever exhausted in your mind? Is it impossible to do what you think God can do? God can can do everything. You can do everything that God's called you to be. And God can do everything through you that God's promised to do through you. Because God's not a liar. And he has a strength. He's never tired. He has all strength. He's never exhausted. Uh, He that keeps Israel, God's people, neither slumbers nor sleeps. You might be sleeping. You might be tired. But God never is. He is on. He is on. He sees your back all the time, but you have to believe it. You have to appropriate that, in order to have God as your refuge. God is our refuge and our strength. In danger, He's your strength. God gives strength to the helpless and the defenseless. He will impart to you His very own strength. It will be His strength that protects you. You run out of strength? Hey, it's okay. God's strength will energize you and give you grace to get through it, because that's who He is. King David wrote this. He said, I love you, in in Psalm 18, verse 1, I love you, O Lord, my strength. I love you, O Lord, my strength. Again, Saul was chasing him, trying to take his life. David came to the end of his strength, and then God gave him his own strength. Have you ever found that, that you come to the end of it, but God gives you more grace to keep going? God does that type of thing. God is your refuge and your strength. Give God the strength you have, and then God let God give you the strength that you don't have. God can do that. Rely upon God's strength as if it was your very own. It's God's strength. Remember, God is never weakened. God is Almighty, and He's in a never-in-a-weakened nation, uh, nature. It says this: that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God can help you to do incredible. God just uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And God will help you. Be encouraged by that this morning. You know, he's an ever-present help. Ever-present help. Ever-present help. Point number three. Let's go there. And that's point number three. God is an ever-present help. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Never. Psalm 46 verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. You ever been in trouble? You ever been in trouble? I have too. In this fallen world, you'll have trouble. Because it is a fallen world, there will be trouble. Jesus made this promise. He gives us his counsel. He said, in this world, you will have what? You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble because it's a fallen world. We can blame all the, all, the, all the messed up stuff in this world to sin and what God uh, did not make us that way, but as a result of our, our sin, we see what the human heart can do. Make a list of yourself, uh, make a list and ask yourself this, what are the causes of my anxieties and my troubles? What are they? See, God wants you to only look to him as a source, only to him as your source. He will help you through it. It doesn't necessarily mean that he'll take you out of it, but it means he's going to, he's going to take you through it. There's, there's a guy, guy named Andre Crouch. How I many of you heard him? Andre Crouch, he wrote some really good songs. And there's an old song that says, Through It All. And he writes these words. He says, I thank God for the mountains, those high places, those spiritual places, and I thank him for the valleys, and I thank him for the storms he's brought me through, for if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I would never know what faith in God can do. And so this is what he says. He said, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon upon his word. See, David experientially knew that God was his refuge. He saw it again and again and again. And again, you will learn to trust the Lord when you put him first. When you spend time in his presence and you put there, then you will have that confidence. My God is my tower. He's my strong. He's my firm foundation. And God's going to help me through this no matter what. Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They comfort me. You know, it's still there. He's in the valley shadow. In verse 5 says, Even in the midst of evil forces, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You ever been hemmed in? Have you ever been hemmed in? You couldn't get out? You're in a situation. My father-in-law, 88 years old, him and my mother-in-law, they're in Florida. They live by themselves. This is a few years ago. She so was a little younger. But he takes care of, of, of my mother-in-law. And there he is. It's late at night. It's 2 o'clock from 10 to 2 in the morning. He's, he's listening to the hurricane go right over his house. There's no power. Um, there's, there's there. He said it sounded like a train whistle. The winds were so high. 110 mile an hour winds. You know, there's some things you just can't get out of. There's some things you just can't get out of in life. Jacob had to wrestle with the angel. There's some things you just can't do. When we were in, in, in Sudan, we both Lynn and I both got malaria. I, I had 103 deg- degree temperature. I'm laying in the beds. Again, we're just 12 hours from the nearest hospital. I'm drenched and I'm I'm hallucinating. And Linda comes. You know, we had a mosquito net, and she has a shi- shining light, uh, flashlight on on through the mosquito net. Joe, are you okay? Like that? I said, Oh, it's an angel. You know, like that, <laughs> like that. What are you gonna do? What do There's times when you're you're just trapped. I mean. Uh, America can't come for you, right? You're left behind. Things that happen in life. Man, even with the greatest intentions, doesn't always get through, do they? Okay, God's our refuge. God's our refuge. He's the one that we trust. He's the one. Through it all, through it all, David learned to trust God. A lot of our fears come because we don't think or forget, we forget that God is an ever-present help in trouble. Let's go to point number four. We can have confidence, people of God, because therefore, here's the conclusion of it all. Because God is our refuge, number four, therefore, we will not fear. Therefore, we will not fear. Pastor Jimmy Evans said this, Gateway Church, he said, fear is a prophet spirit from hell sent to give us a negative report about the future that will upset us and cause us to make a fear-based decision that will harm us and, and God will not be honored. You know, Fear is paralyzing. You know, do you know that Satan rules his kingdom by fear? Yeah. He's, he's the big, fear is the big bully of his kingdom. He wants to manipulate you. He wants you to believe that God's word isn't really what God's word says. He wants you to put faith in your doubt. Why is it in our flesh that we that we, 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 we so easily put our faith in what we don't believe? We put our faith in fear, it's gonna happen. By God, it's gonna happen. No. We're going to believe in God. And this is, what, this is what John G. Lake said. He said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am moved by what I believe. That is what we have to put our faith in, is in the Lord himself, that he is our anchor and he is our strength. Amen. Well, I've got to, I've got to rush along here. Uh, speaking of the Philistines, David said this, When I am afraid... Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? Okay? You can have confidence. Look at verse 2. Though the earth give way. Though the earth give way. We are not to fear, the psalm says, even if the earth gives way beneath us. We're not to fear. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. That's an amazing statement. Even when the earth crumbles below our feet, we're not to fear we're not to fear. Church on the rock, church on the rock, we have a firm foundation. Okay, because we're on the rock. And his name is Jesus. He's our firm foundation. And we don't have to fear. Okay, you have to deal with fear. I have to deal with fear, but I have to give it to God and remind myself who God is. Because when we do that, then God becomes bigger than our fears. Because God can do anything, all right? All right. Uh, And then He says, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, God can still be our refuge. God's people are not to fear even if the most fixed and firm things of the earth should sink into the heart of the ocean. Even if the mountains or the rocky mountains were to fall into the sea today, that'd be an incredible thing. That's a, a greatly fixed thing. But even in Christ, even if we see this happen, he is our rock he's immovable. What are the fixed things in your life? To whom do you run to when the things you thought were unshakable are shaken? God's word tells us this, and it's a promise, folks. Jesus Christ is coming back, and he's saying this. He said, everything in this world will be shaken, and the only things that will remain is the church. Everything that will be shaken will be shaken. How many folks think things are kind of shaken right now? All right? But God is our refuge, no matter what comes our way. God is the one that will bring us through this. Jesus said this in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Okay, not the world's peace, my peace. I do not give to you the, what the world, as the world gives. Do not let your hearts. See, you're giving consent to fear and trouble. Do not let your hearts be troubled. In Colossians it says, let the peace of God rule your heart. Allow it, appropriate it. You have a choice. Are you going to let it not rule your life? Are you going to let your fears rule your life? are you going to let God's peace control your heart? That is what we all need to do. It's amazing in the book of Acts, Peter's going to be executed the next morning and he's sleeping between two guards, and the angel has to wake him up. The peace of God. The peace of God. Though the mountains quake with their surging. You know, ocean waves are intimidating. No matter what happens, God is still our refuge and strength. This is always to be our response. And then at the end it says, "Sela," Right at the end, "Sela." And the best, the best word for "Sela," I heard Gene Raymond Carlson say this one day. He's an assistant superintendent some of God years ago. He goes, you know, I've studied the Hebrew and everything. The best word in it is, think about it. Think about it. God is our refuge. God is our strength. A very present help in trouble. Think about it. Think about that. And you see that passage. Take time this week. Read through the psalm. And you'll see Selah three times. And he says, there's a river whose whose streams make glad the city of God. He's talking about the river of the Holy Spirit. An undistorted flow of God's grace to help his people. It is calm. It is serene. And the presence of the Holy Spirit lives in you to help you. And he's there. And read about his mighty voice and how God is in control of the ages. And then he says, be still and know. Know it. Know it for yourself. Don't know it for somebody else, know it for yourself. Be still and know that I am God. That's what he wants. Amen? Amen? Amen. God is our true refuge. He's the one. So let me ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. Much more I could share today. But let me ask you, what are you taking refuge in? How many of you would admit today, this morning that you've been consumed with fear lately? You'd raise your hand you say, you know what? I've just been consumed with fear. Anyone today? Just raise your hand. You know, part of overcoming fear is to to admit. To admit it. You have to admit it to God. You've got to give it to God. And you've got to give it all to the Lord. What is controlling you? Let the Lord be your refuge. If God is not your refuge, He wants to be. He wants to be your refuge. Either Man is your refuge or your own resources, and you could do it on your own, but it won't work. You need the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I was just wondering this morning: is there anyone that would just say, you know what? I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want this kind of refuge. I want God to be my refuge. I want to ask Him into my heart. I want to dedicate to Him my days. I want, I want Christ to forgive me of my sin. And I want, I want all the blessings that come from the Lord. Is there anyone today that would say, I want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Anyone today? Raise your hand. Lift it up high so I can see. I see one. Thank you. Is there, okay, may I put it down? Anybody else? Anyone else? Okay. Young little girl down here. Raise her hand. Okay, the Lord knows our hearts, right? Anyone else? Anyone else this morning? Okay, anybody else? God is our refuge, and he wants to be your refuge. He wants to be your help. He wants to. Amen. Let's pray. Let's all pray the prayer, sinner's prayer together t- today. We're going to do this this way we do it at Church in Rock. As Pastor Brian always says. So we're going to pray the prayer. And, and if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't earn it. It's, it's received by faith. And you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name. I put my faith in you and in your son Jesus Christ. I confess that I that I'm a sinner. And I promise to turn away from everything that I know is wrong. As you reveal everything to me, I will obey you. With your grace helping me, I ask you to become my savior. I ask you to become the Lord, the master of my life. I ask you to become my refuge. I put my faith and trust in you. I make this commitment now and receive it by faith in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you, God, that the heavens rejoice, the angels rejoice over all, God, who who, uh, God come to you and accept you as their Lord and Savior. God, thank you, Lord, for the decision that's been made this morning, these two. And God, we just give you praise and glory and honor. God, we thank you. Lord, we cast fears upon you right now. God, we we confess you as our refuge. Forgive us, O Lord, when we doubt. Forgive us, O God, when we turn to the right and to the left. When we stop fixing our eyes on Jesus. And Lord, we become anxious. We come, Lord, fearful. We're full of anxiousness, God. And we do, Lord, we do not trust in you as we should. God, give us grace to overcome our flesh, the world, and Satan. Help us, God, to keep you first in our hearts and faith. And Lord, not to put faith in doubt, but faith in you and what you say. God, we thank you for this time in your presence. And we give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Praise God. Amen. God's word is good, and we can always follow him. John. uh, Thank you, Joe. Coming now. Yes.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. Boy, I thought it was going to be hard to follow Devin, and I was thankful that they kind of switched the order of things. But to follow something like that? Hmm. Awesome job, Joe. Thank you for bringing in the word. (laughs) So, good morning. My name is John McGillivray. I've been part of the church council for about the last four and a half years, and I've been asked by the council to chair the pastoral search team. So for the next couple of minutes, I'm going to give you an update on our progress so far, and I'll I'll be doing this on a regular basis. So last Sunday, the church council met with pastors Gary Blanchard and Phil Schneider from the Illinois District Councils of the Assemblies of God. And our purpose was to discuss not only the transition plan but understand in depth the pastoral search process itself now these two men help 10 to 15 churches every year go through a transition process like what we are going to go through and to kind of put that in perspective there's about 300 churches for the assemblies of god here in our district or in the state of illinois these guys are very experienced at this, and they are willing to be our partners if we invite them to be our partners. They, are, they will help us as much or as little as we request them to do. Our next senior pastor will be selected by the Lord through us as a body in accordance with our Constitution and our bylaws, using a process that the district has developed over several years and has proven to be very effective. Our next pastor will not solely be selected by the church council, nor will it be selected by the Illinois district. It will be selected by us as a body. So it's very important that everyone here is a participant in that process. There is much hard-earned wisdom Earned or wisdom contained in the district's process over the course of several hours pastor Gary and pastor Phil talked about the importance of what we are undertaking what works and doesn't work based on their experience and reiterated several times that they were here to advise us but not direct us an example of that wisdom is in the recommendation that we expand the search team beyond just the council members. So the council took that under consideration and we've reached out to three members of the congregation to join our team to help evaluate our candidates as they come in. We will be happy to share those names with you after those individuals take the appropriate amount of time to pray and think about this sobering and important process that they are being asked to join. Following our time with Pastor Gary and Pastor Phil, the council continued to meet, to review, discuss, and then initiate the transition plan and the search process. This morning I'd like to share just a couple of the most important steps that we've taken so far. Step one is to make sure that we have a solid plan for Sunday morning service and to maintain the operations of the church. I can stand before you today and confidently tell you that we've got a solid plan you will hear a very familiar voice from this pulpit um, most weeks as pastor Josh will do the majority of the preaching until a new lead pastor is in place to enable Josh to focus on delivering the word pastor Joe Meyer who we just heard this morning along with his wife Linda who lead our deacon ministry have agreed to ensure that not only do you Continue to get the most the best pastoral care that this church can possibly provide but pastor Joe is going to step up and help with the um, Day-to-day operations of the church and oversee our week-to-week ministries We have a solid plan to continue the operation of this church And I want you to have the confidence in your counsel and this plan Devon is going to continue to bring the fire and worship. This morning's worship was phenomenal. Thank you for that, Devin. And assist in other areas as needed. So, again, church operations, midweek ministries, and Sunday morning service, we've got a solid plan for. And as I said earlier, all of us are going to be part of this process. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is that all of us be in prayer. That God reveals his next lead pastor to us Next we need to pray for and stand in unity through this process Please do not expect this process to take a matter of weeks Again pastor fair pastor Phil and pastor Gary Talked to us and they have walked several churches through this process and they have s- said over and over again if we're going to do this right Please expect this process to take months. Third, we are going to ask for your feedback and your input at various points in this process. Your first opportunity for that feedback will come in the form of a survey regarding the future of this church and what qualities you believe are important for the pastor of this church to possess. That survey will be given to you on September 19th. We ask for your feedback to come back to the council by September 26. So two weekends from now, you get the survey. The following week, weekend, we ask you to bring the information back. The pastoral search team will take this information to, and use it to help us write the job description and the job profile for and post that opening um, to begin the search process. Your feedback, your participation will help set the course for this church moving forward. We are asking you to be actively involved, not a spectator in this process. This is your church as much as it is our church. This is also, and most importantly, God's church. Please help us find the right leader through your prayers and through your prayerful feedback. We pledge to be very open very honest and straightforward with you throughout this process we ask you to stand with us during this time and cover this search process with your prayers and this church with your prayers so not one inch of the ground God has gained in this congregation and in this community through Church on the Rock is yielded back to the enemy our next update to you guys will be when we have completed the process of developing and posting the job profile and the job description we'll discuss at that time how we will be evaluating the candidates during the, that update our goal is to be able to do that update on on the second Sunday of October so again your feedback comes in the last Sunday of September We're taking two weeks to get that job profile put together, posted, and hopefully we will start seeing the candidates roll in after that. God has great things in store for this church. I am absolutely confident of that. I look forward to seeing his glory and provision revealed through this process. Finally, I would like the uh, um, church council members to please stand up. Can you guys... Please stand up. I want everybody to look around. These are the folks that we want you to come to if you have any questions or concerns over this process. These are the folks that are going to be intimately involved and know exactly what's going on. All right. They can dispel any rumors or any, and answer any questions that you may have about the process. Please allow us to serve you in that way okay these are the folks including myself we are happy to answer any questions that you have about the process so please if you have questions today please see one of us after service um, or get in touch with us through the church thank you very much for your time and attention church is now dismissed drawn me, you changed the atmosphere, there's no shame anymore, the sin that held my heart, you lifted off.